I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the, the SG Boys. That little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. We have a very exciting guest sitting across us right now on the SG Boys podcast. He is a musician. He is Singaporean. Is he? Yes, I served Dennis. Okay, okay, correct, correct. That means he's That's Singaporean. Yeah, 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 okay. Right. Who is Lou? Oh, that question is so hard to answer because you don't want to sound boring. Yeah. But I'm a singer-songwriter mm-hmm. and I am Singaporean even though I grew up and was born in Hong Kong. There's so much pressure to answer that question correctly because yeah. it's like, do I present you my resume or do I... I? I've noticed whenever I ask people that question, like, who who is Sam Joe? Yeah. Right? Because the temptation is to run me through your profile yeah. on Facebook. Mm. Give me the stats, right? Yeah. Like, I guess if you're on Grindr, that's the stats. Like, what's right. your height? What's your right. weight? Your... Or and worse I... still, like, your LinkedIn. Oh. <laughs> your <laughs> professional <laughs> bio, you know, which honestly, like... Who the fuck cares? We are all on this journey of self-discovery. And I yep. think that question as we age becomes more and more profound. Yeah. Right. Well, who it takes longer you? to answer. Right. Mm. Because when you're like seven, mm. who are you? It's you just say your name. And now it's like, who are you? It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I know who I am. And yeah. here's a short list of things. Well, I knew you as <laughs> Lewis and then you became Lou. Is there a difference between Lewis and Lu- White? You're. <laughs> Wait, how do you two meet again? We met a very long time ago, didn't we? Yeah, very, very Wait, long time ago. Wait, but how? I feel like you're avoiding something. We here. we dated, I, dated ah, for a short period of time. Okay, uh-huh. a brief a brief period. I personally wouldn't consider it dating, but okay. we went on some dates. I think there's a difference. Okay, so how about how did how you meet? Was it Grinder? No, it was Tinder. It was Tinder. It was a period of time. Yeah, it was a moment. I had just moved from Hong Kong to Singapore mm-hmm. and coming into my own person and I was like, okay, I'm going to like trying this dating thing. So I went on Tinder and I matched with some people and Josh was one of the people I matched with. And I was very intrigued because one of the profile pics was with Katy Perry and I love Katy Perry. Ooh. So I was like, like why do you have a photo with Katy Perry and he was like oh I'm a radio DJ and then from there we start talking because he does music and I like music and then yeah this was like what six seven years ago it was a while back seven years ago yeah I was like 24 23 and through the years we've kept in contact I'm very proud of you you've released um, you've got a new album out as well Uh, you want to tell us about it real quick Yes. But before we get there, I really oh, want to hear about your music, but we just okay. need to unpack okay, this. Okay, 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 okay. You can't just, you two can't just say you met on Tinder and just, and then just expect me to let it slide. Like, you know, I want to know yeah. how were the dates like, you know, was there a lot of like kissing involved? Like, did you eat good food together? No, we was didn't there even heavy kiss. petting? Like, we never you know, well, we, which base well, did you arrive at? I want to know. Okay, you tell me. You tell. Well, okay, what's, what your, what's your version of what happened? Um, I was just getting to know Josh, but, there you go. but I don't remember us kissing or, okay. wait, did we kiss? We had one kiss, <gasps> but it was like a really awkward one. Oh my God. Yeah, it was. So he came over to my place and then we were watching a film, I think. We were watching a film and yes. then we had like a moment. Okay. It was a very brief kiss, but I could tell that he was very like I was shy he was very shy he yeah. was not like Lou today and Lou when I first met him was a very very yeah, different person yeah, yeah, yeah. right so he he was still trying to come to terms with his sexuality exactly. and, and he wasn't very confident and also with I, his, I'd been yeah. in Singapore for like three months I didn't know anybody part of it was 
okay, yeah, I'm open to dating, but a part of it was also, I want to find friends. Yeah. I knew that instantly. And I was like, okay, I need to back off. Um, and we're just going to get to know each other and just be yeah. nice and kind to each other. And that's it. That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. But that wasn't your first kiss, right? No. No, no, he doesn't no, even no. remember okay. it. So it's yeah. like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so sorry, Josh. Okay. I just wiped it out of my mind. Okay, moving on. Before like, before like, this gets really tell, awkward. Tell but... us about the new album, Michigan. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I just released an album, and it's called Michigan Missing Him, uh, and I released it on August 27th, and it's basically about falling in love the second time because i think there's a lot of narratives told about the first time right how amazing and beautiful it is and then the second love that experience is a wiser brain <laughs> like you've learned all the lessons from the first love right so you come into the second one with a bit of hesitation and maturity like you know love exists but then you don't let yourself fall without a parachute yeah so that that's that for Central. me is that for me is what Michigan missing him. You just about. hit him in his heart right there. Yeah, oh, you no. hit me in lots of places. Uh, <laughs> no, it just felt like you were speaking poetry. It also helps that you have a very nice like speaking voice. Also, <laughs> like I wasn't sure what your speaking voice was. Like I know how you sing, which is yeah. like, obviously goosebumps worthy. But yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm just gushing here. But Aww. um, but I love that little parachute line because that's very beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a really interesting place to be when it comes to a second relationship, right? Because you have the lessons from the mm -hmm. first one. I think I would even counter that with, it can also be really scary because yep. you don't want to fall back into the same trap or habit. Yep. It's one thing like, okay, I'll never do this again. It's another yep. thing to get your body to actually move yep. and be like, walk away or this is not right. Or to even approach the second relationship with out baggage from the previous yeah, one. Yeah, see, that's the, that's the hardest part for me is like in my first love it ended because my ex cheated on me right and obviously you bring that insecurity to the second love and this second one was long distance so it's like i can't even even if i wanted to check on what you're doing i can't i just have to trust you mm. learning how to trust this person blindly because you can't even you can't even take a bus he was in michigan and i was in boston you know so it was like a three four hour plane ride if we wanted to see each other yeah we have wow. to ask is this person in your life like still yeah because the album is michigan missing him does he know that you wrote an album about him <laughs> i mean he must have known he must know because he signed up for it right he, he dated a singer-songwriter what can you expect you okay. know jokes aside like after we broke up we talked about how we were going to deal with this relationship and he kind of gave me his blessing to write music and and like do what you need to do right because at the end of the day music is my job right like i can't censor this relationship from my job because it is part of my job experiencing life is part of my job right that was a big issue in that relationship because very early on one of the first things he said was like i don't want you to be famous but i want you to be successful what does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? It's he, he yeah. wanted to keep you to himself, is it? Yeah, it's kind of like I want to have this private, personal relationship with you without the public Intruding knowing about us. as well, right? Right, but then the side effect of being successful in music, in the music industry as an artist, is fame. Right. And that comes to play. So it was a huge, like, he really didn't 
appreciate artists or writers writing about their ex-loves because it, he felt like it was unfair to the ex-love because they don't get to tell their story. They're not the artist. They're not the singer-songwriter. All of my stories are one-sided, right? You know, it was very important for me to get that blessing from him. I was still going to release the music. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> I was still going to do it. But now that I, I had, after I had that blessing, I was like, okay, let's go record this album. Let's do it. Let's release it. Yeah. And it's more than your job as well. <clears throat> if you think of sort of artistry, if you're a songwriter, you're going to want to write based on your feelings. And if your feelings yeah. are currently entangled with, say, the image of this one person or the memories of this one person, it's going to be inevitable. Yeah. And it's also your source of healing. Yeah. Right. You create art kind of like a this sort of analogy i know you hate me with my analogy Samjo, but like the paulo coelho with the alchemist uh, my favorite book in the world it's all about uh the transmutation of the base metal into gold using mm. your pain and sorrow and weaving it into gold right mm. so that makes you an alchemist so being able to take your suffering and create yeah. art, which helps you to heal, which helps yes. people who listen to your music and be like, going I, through that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I think it's also a reminder for all of us when we listen to music, it's always one side and that's okay. Yeah. We're hearing Lou's side of the story. Yes. I, I get what you mean about it being one-sided and everything because yeah. not everyone can have like a Mariah and Eminem relationship no, where they no. just write diss tracks about each right, other right. and then have like the audience listen to you. So is he okay like now that you've written arguably an an entire album about him. Are like, you in contact he, with him? Yeah, is no, he okay so that he doesn't have like his, his you know, his side, side of the story out there, so to speak? We we stopped talking like last year. We broke up in the fall of 2019. We agreed that we would stop talking and we really did. Like no texting, no calling, nothing. So we cold turkeyed and then uh, I think six months after I reached out, I was like, hey, do you want to just catch up and see how we're doing? And we did. And then everything was fine. And then a year after, like he sent, he actually sent me this like massive text about like all the things that made me a toxic partner in that relationship. And I think at first I was very uncomfortable to receive it because I was like, nobody wants to know that they were a shitty partner, right? Especially because when that relationship ended, it felt very amicable and it felt very like, I love you, you love me, but this long distance thing is not sustainable because we're never going to be in the same place. And I don't want you to move for me and I, I won't move for you because music will just take me wherever, right? After receiving that text, it was like a very big wake up call for me to be like, it wasn't as beautiful as I remembered it because this person had not an entirely different experience, but his experience was different to mine. He's not in my life anymore, but I'm, I like to think that I'm pretty respectful when I talk about him because we had our differences, but he didn't hurt me as much as I hurt him. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of things I want to like uh, unpack, think out loud with you, and I okay. want to like bounce this train of thought with you. First of all, thank you for sharing and being vulnerable yeah. Yeah. with this story. Um, I think when you sort of look back at it, when you said that, I guess my experience was very different from his experiences because of the <laughs> evidence from this text message, which hurt you mm. for his healing. He had he to process need, all He needed of the to say shit, yeah. these things that were kind of like pent up. I don't think that 
should be um, like a reflection of what the relationship itself was. I'm mm-hmm. sure there were many beautiful parts for of course. it. And, and it's okay yeah. to be able to say that was a beautiful relationship. It didn't work mm-hmm. out. Maybe that text message shouldn't have been sent. But because you care about him as a person, you're able to just put that down and be mm-hmm. like, I hope that helped you heal. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said it never crossed my mind to kind of defend myself and mm. come up with a list of things that he did wrong or come up with a list of like reasons why certain things happened. But yeah. I think in that moment, it was kind of like, uh, I, I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. Kind of just let him say his piece. And I apologized like genuinely about the things that I did in that relationship to him. It wasn't this beautiful ending that I wanted, but it was an ending, right? And then it was like, okay, so now we're really ready to move on? Like, yeah. The, the, the talk after six months was like the pseudo, like, this is what we wanted. But the one like a year after was like, okay, this is reality. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the most important thing is, is how you want to handle things moving forward with this narrative, Right. Um, I I think choosing to say this is how I will remember you and this is how I'll remember us. Mm. I think the narrative that you decide to go with is very important. Agree. Yeah. Because if if you take it as, oh, he turned out to be this and that, then you're going to hate that period of your life. There's going to be all these different things. Exactly. And I think that's the most important thing. You do what you have to do to to create art, to heal, wish him well. And that's it. Right. Yeah. So in the off chance that he's actually listening, what would you like to say to him? Um, I guess I would say I'm sorry because, you know, when we broke up, it was it was over long distance as well. We didn't even break up in person. So I think I would say I'm sorry. And I, I hope that the next person you find will be a better fit uh, and won't hurt you the way that I did. Yeah, I hope he's like pursuing the dreams that he wanted to pursue. Yeah. That's very beautiful. And you know, sometimes in life, I feel like we often think that in order to reach some sort of closure, be it a relationship that ended, perhaps on a not so nice note, a lot of people feel like closure needs to come in the form of both sides being okay with each other or at peace with each other. I don't feel like that's always possible. Mm -hmm. I think that people more often than not can and should agree to disagree. Mm. on things and people know that they've made mistakes I think the important thing is that it's owning up to like your mistakes and Mm. and knowing that okay this is not how I want to be treated and it's not how I want to treat other people going forward we just you live and you learn you know like Alanis Morissette once sang and it's just about picking up the pieces and like going with it and the fact that you can actually write an album as part of your healing process is is beautiful because not all of us have (laughs) such talents you know um, for monetize people, my pain yeah <laughs> oh let's talk about that because I was going to say some of us like instead of monetize like we cash out we spend right, money you just spend like money. you know you just buy ice cream yeah how was your coping yeah how was my coping I think being a musician is a very unique job because it's not like you clock in Monday to Friday and then once it hits 6pm you you stop being a musician right you're always a musician so even after the breakup during the whole grieving process, your mind is still in like, how do I create art from this? Mm. That for me is like the first thing, uh, you know, and, and I gathered a few of my fr- friends, um, Ariel and Danny Corbo, and we, uh, we met up at her little apartment in Boston, and I brought all of the love letters from that relationship. What we did was we picked out random love letters from them, and we were like, okay, let's 
let's start here. Let's like read these and then see how we can turn them into song. Hence the first two tracks on the album, Dear and Love Letters. Like ah. some of the lines or a lot of the lines actually in those songs were like words written by him. I think it was very important for me to start off the album like this because it provides context. It's like, this is the first love letter we ever sent to each other and it was beautiful and it was a little naive. But obviously, as you take off the rose-colored glasses and you settle into this relationship, the niceties kind of lessen and then... You know, the letters that we would send were more more real. Instead of it just being, I miss you and I'm writing this love letter in a coffee shop. It's like, I'm sorry for hurting you and I'm sorry that I can't be there at your big show. You know, things like that. Yeah. I know musicians hate this. I'm not compa- I'm not saying that you are like them, but it's I'm just saying Taylor that some of, some of the best <laughs> songs ever written in the whole wide world right? across time stem from heartbreak, you know? Yeah. We're born out of heartbreak. Of course. So, of course, yes, you have your Taylor Swift's, but I'm thinking more recently Adele, yeah. right, whose newest album is dedicated to her divorce, for instance. And Yeah, it's because I think heart... Like, sorry to cut you off. No, please. I think, like, heartbreak, what it does to you is it strips you away from your performance right like your day-to-day performance you show up to work or you show up to school with a role right like you are that positive uh funny person in class for example right like what heartbreak does is it takes all of these like characteristics away and you're just left feeling very raw and you don't have the energy to perform anymore right i think that's why songs that stem from like true heartbreak is so powerful to me because there's no performance is literally a person exposing themselves right Mm. for music yeah was there any point in creating this album where you felt like oh it's too painful i can't maybe i want to lay off it for a while and revisit it at another time because i think when Mm -hmm. people think of like heartbreak music and heartbreak albums they Mm -hmm. always hear like the triumphant Mm -hmm. or like the i'm letting it all out it's already a finished product right 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 right, and you go like oh there is like there's christina having her revenge she's a fighter yeah Yeah. like i don't need you that kind of thing yeah would you ever reduce to tears like was it like ever difficult you have to stop and start it didn't come into fruition over a month you know it took basically a year to write out all the songs and then pick the right pieces to go on there because there are a lot of songs that were about that relationship that are not on this album yeah some songs take longer than others like for example like summer boy which is track eight is about regret literally the the line is um i wish that i gave in when you took my hand to play outside with you it's literally something that happened in that relationship. Like, he was a very outdoor, outgoing person, and I was a homebody, like, cat, you know? And, <laughs> you know, he would always, like, try to get me to go outside and go bike riding and all this stuff. And I would always, you know, say I'm too tired or I have work to do and all these things. And that song could only be written, like, months after, you know, when you are stabilized and are in reflective mode and you're like, damn, I should have savored that moment more. I should have gone out with you more. And then there are songs that are very fresh, like Terminal, which is track seven. Like that song is about kind of confronting a very harsh truth, which is when I was with this person, deep down, I knew that this was not a forever relationship. I knew that we were going to be together for a while, but I knew that this was not that long-term thing, you know? Mm. I'm avoiding saying the one, right? Because 
I listened to the other podcast that you guys did and like how I feel like I also agree I feel like there are multiple the ones you know so I just knew that this person was just not the one yeah the one (laughs) exactly like that's what terminal is about it's like i know that this relationship has an expiry date or terminal like in transition in more like terminal illness oh i see the end there is there's an impending ending (gasps) you know and and that's why that song i wrote it like two weeks after the end of that relationship because it was like my way of trying to move on because it was like I should be heartbroken, but I shouldn't be so heartbroken because it wasn't going to be a long, long, long term one, you know? Mm. Yeah. I will say this that's actually, as much as some people will say, wow, like, you know, you got over it so quickly or whatever. Right. But like you said, that was your process. And that's actually a way more healthy process of dealing with heartbreak than most people. <laughs> You know, some people go into very self-destructive, like a very self-destructive pattern. Some people take it on other people who are there for them. You know, as a musician, I still did some of those things. I'm not just sitting there like going like, I'm heartbroken. Let me just turn it all into art and be a healthy member of society, right? Like I still indulged in my ice cream and... You had the messy parts as well, which may not be photographed or you may not yeah. be the turmoil may have happened also in the quiet moments when no of one's course, watching of right? and you remember those yeah. periods as well so I'm not going to let you um, sit with us and, and be completely vulnerable and naked and raw with mm. your emotions mm. like that without also like kind of like chiming in and yeah, relating with you because I so I kept quiet for like most of the conversation because it was it was like very strangely reflecting a lot of what I felt just mm-hmm. a couple of years ago mm-hmm. right and I remember that process of writing music Mm-hmm. when you can't escape from it you can't escape from it and, and I, I've tried writing I, I can't like um, sometimes people ask you as a songwriter like hey can you just sit down and write a song you can but it'll be a shitty song right Right. But when unless you're, you're Sia <laughs> unless you're unless you're a professional out a jam <laughs> in 40 minutes she's like shine bright like a diamond and it's a hit like if you want to write a song and, and you're going through something uh, that's so personal yeah. you can't run from it yeah. Right. It's so visceral and the pain is so individual. When people say, I understand, I know how that feels. No one ever does mm. because whatever you're going through, it's with this person that mm. only you know what mm. that relationship was. So it's really, really tough. And then you're writing. And so, so I did something similar as well. Like my, my first album, I, I was working on it for like four years. Yeah. And then when, when I had it rough for that period, I wrote so fast. Mm. And I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would yeah, remember, I remember, I remember some of, that feeling. Yeah, I remember like some of the dialogue that we had or some of the text messages and that would end up actual lyrics in the song. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the English language or just language in general um, that just does not fully capture what you're feeling but when you listen to the music when the melody comes in Mm -hmm. or the the beats come in and it roars and then you hear it you're like this is how i feel right so it's 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 a really powerful feeling when you can create from that space yeah yeah i agree but also i think every musician or writer or whatever has their way of recreating that atmosphere right because i'm not a producer in the sense that like i'm not creating like you know strong beats or driving baseline for example very much gentle like i love lyrics right so i try my best to to encapsulate that feeling through words right right? and everything else for me is secondary i don't care 
I mean, I do care, but I don't care about the drums. No offense to the drummers out there, but it's, it's just very yeah. different. Like so, so for me, That's mine approach, is the opposite. Yeah. Mine is, um, I would. So there's a song on my album called Drive, mm. right? And that's based off an actual ride in the car that yeah. we had. But in my song, I wanted to sort of forget the reality of it, yeah. so I created a fantasy. So it's like an 80s film mm. where it's two people driving away from the from Sodom and Gomorrah and the mm. sea's on fire. So, so I create this whole like fantasy and that's sort of my way of coping, yeah. Yeah, right? And, and exactly. I talked about earlier about how you want to remember things a certain way. Yeah. So when I finished the album, I looked at it as this is how I remember it. Mm-hmm. This is completely my mm. fantasy and I'm going to let it be that fantasy because mm. I can't figure out reality you know mm. yeah it's it's tough Joshua Simon Drive available on iTunes no that's not a plug that's not a plug <laughs> I'm um, kidding I'm like honestly sometimes when I interject with like quips and everything actually that's also my way of it's no, not no, that I, I'm, it's not I'm downplaying stuff I think um, sometimes people misunderstand also when I'm when they're trying to confide in me something very serious like that's just my yeah, yeah, that's natural you, reaction um, mm. I'm trying to like lighten the mood because I thought that things course. were getting too heavy and maybe maybe I'm fucked up in that way like I can't stand it when not that I can't stand it but I get very um, I get a little bit squirmish when yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people are very serious around me it's yeah, not yeah, that yeah. I don't appreciate the gravity of the moment I feel like Oh my god! I need to. I need. To, I need to cheer you up because my right, god, right. we went through that. Like you know, and and, yeah. and we adore you for that as well. But sometimes I feel like, oh, maybe I should. No, 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 not you know, at all. Yeah, just want you to know that. Yeah, definitely. That's that's I'm, really. I'm, that's I'm telling a, my story with a smile on my face. I'm yeah, like, yeah, you are actually. Yeah. You're <laughs> able to. You're able to talk about this so comfortably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, takes it would be different. It would be different if you, you know, if you brought me on like. A month after the breakup. Like, yeah. I could yeah. not talk like this, yeah. you know? Mm. So this is also... I know how to detach myself. I think also early on when you talked about how the no contact rule... Mm. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure if, if this is something that everyone knows about. Mm. But that was something that I learned about as well. Because you I... YouTube. <laughs> so when I had like my big breakup a couple of years ago, I, I would just type whatever I was feeling on YouTube. Yeah. And then I would have some online coach yeah, just, just talk tell about me what to that. do. And they would be like, 30 day, no contact yes, rule. Yes, do not the text. Guy, the guy. And I was just like, what? But if you love someone and you want to make it work, you have to text them. So right. I did that. I did the long text messages and all that. Mm. And I just, it was a mess. But I only started healing after the no contact rule and yeah. it really really does help it works because it freaking works and, and sort of the reasoning behind that is um as much as you want to check in on each other the the yeah. no contact period of time is very important because that's also when you remember what life was like when this person was not around yeah and you learn to repair what tomorrow will be when this person's not around okay you need to be able to fill up your schedule you need to be able to call your friends you need to be able to feel sad and be able to know who to hit up that's not this person mm-hmm. so you need to get back into who do you send your memes to <laughs> I feel like that's exactly. the saddest part is These when you see a things, meme and you're right? like you want to send it to him but yeah and you're like damn he yeah. would have loved that yeah but, and if I send this to anybody else they're not going to get it yeah you know yeah and as painful as all that is you have to because you've both decided this is not working out and yeah. you have to heal right that's the most important thing and it's and I'm sure you've had a lot of friends tell you the, the usual run of uh, just give it some time you yeah, know, but, yeah yeah but really 
it's not just the seconds because I remember during that period as well. You're counting the seconds. You're counting the seconds. Yeah. And I would say, oh my gosh, it's nighttime. I made it to nighttime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and, and mornings are really hot as well. Yeah. It's not just time itself, but what you do with the time. Yeah. You need to occupy yourself. You need to grow. You need to give yourself new information about this world and yourself. You need to heal. I think like a big part of the reason why the 30-day no-contact rule works is because you are building and creating a new schedule yes without them literally what you're saying like how do you fill your time right because the first one two weeks is so hard because everything triggers you everything is like they would like this or i should take a photo of this food for them and you know i do that too i don't don't know why people send photos of their meals to each other but we do that but then there comes a time where it's like you go through your whole day and you're like holy shit i did not think about this person at all today wow i'm making progress and then the next three days you're just thinking about them the whole time you know and Mm -hmm. it's like damn it like healing is not linear you really need to pull yourself out of yeah so reliant on that person yeah Yeah. i've been single for the longest time and again i'm not being bitter i'm just saying that sometimes i see my couple friends for instance like you know spend every almost every single waking moment with each other which is very sweet like yeah and trust me as and when they get married i'll be the loudest at the party and i'll yeah. be cheering them on and i'll be like you know yeah. buying them you like love, you know love. i'm that i'm that friend i would enable your relationship yeah but i do wonder because i've been so used to like being so self-sufficient yeah when you get into a relationship like what is that healthy balance you know your examples were things like sending photos of your food to each other or like asking them how's your day i think that's different to being dependent on them yeah Mm. because you're sharing you're sharing moments you're sharing this world it's very different if you are contacting your partner for validation for example Mm. like do i look good today that's very different to this is my outfit and i feel amazing yeah i get i get what you mean but sometimes it's also that validation comes in very um, disguised forms, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. like the fact that someone on, on the other side of this phone... You is know, even like wanting is, to receive these texts. Yes, and it's curious about how I feel about this meme or is yeah, curious yeah, yeah, about yeah. what I'm doing with my day. Like, I'm good enough for this person. Well, you've got there to figure is out, that reliance there. You've got to figure out what the dynamics are in the relationship itself. Because if the goal of the relationship is you enjoy each other's company, maybe you enjoy certain aspects of the relationship maybe the going out on dates or uh, maybe the sex and you just want to keep it to those areas and that's it and then we meet up for those things and that's kind of it's kind of I, I view it in a very different perspective so I view this as very mechanical mm-hmm. um, and then there's the other one which is sort of you're looking at it as I want to live my life you're living your life we're going to experience life together mm-hmm. so little things like seeing something funny and sharing it or um, you tripped over something and, and you, you could have just like oh shake it off and that's it but you told this partner that you know hey I tripped over this thing funny story and 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 just a little bit of banter here and there just keeps each other alive in your life yeah. so you include them in all the little things as well and it it becomes a unit connection is different to dependency you want to be connected with this person but you don't want your identity to be them yeah your worth you know but i think also what you're getting at samjo is that because you're enjoying all these things you're now depending on this person's time and attention yeah i hear what both of you are saying but i was trying to say that over time even though they're like your own your your own separate units in that relationship it kind of the lines are very blurred yeah you suddenly have that gaping hole there that's why stuff like you know the 30 day cold turkey hurts so much because 
I feel you. It's like even that one day, like or even even not, when it's not yeah, even yeah. there yet, even when you haven't even mutually agreed to split, when it's like oh he's not texting back for yeah yeah it the feels, whole day, it feels like shit. It's like what the fuck, <laughs> and then yeah. and then I go back to why do I even like bother. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and then and it's not that I'm giving up on love or whatever it is. It's more of like maybe we we just weren't meant for each other. And some people also, in a big scheme of things, are just not meant to be in relationships. I do feel that way. I think we need to use this opportunity with the person listening to this podcast right now to just remind you don't play games. Don't play fucking oh, but games. games. Are fun. No, no, no. Yeah, no. video games are fun. Okay. Video games are fun. Don't play games with humans, with other people. Squid game. If you, <laughs> yes! if you, if you like someone, let them know. If you feel the relationship's not working out, have that conversation. Don't string them along and and leave them hanging and you you don't know what's happening. And then you show up again a month later just because you feel lonely one night. Yeah. And it just so happened Whitney Houston was on the radio and then you felt a little raw and, and the ten other people that you texted on Grinder didn't reply, so you're hitting back. Don't don't do that. Just don't. We need to start looking to each other as if the other person is perfect and they understand the world more than you. Yep. Okay, chances are they're just as fucked up, if not more. Yeah, they don't know themselves, just like how you don't know yourself. Stop looking to each other like yeah, they're, they're your people, parents. Stop putting, putting people on pedestals. Exactly, right? You're waiting for that person's cue. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at. When it comes to these kind of situations, nobody we're waiting know, for that. Nobody knows the script. Yes. So just, I'm a huge advocate for if you like somebody, just tell them. Yeah, and also just to swing back to Sam Joe earlier, are you getting teary-eyed? No, I just... Do you like someone right now? Kind of. Do you of, like Lou? But it's not about me. No, 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 it's not. I mean, I love you in... in, in like you. In a, in a, like, I'm a fan. Yeah, clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know. But I will say I'm in a bit of, like, a transition period now where, honestly, even recording this... I don't want to make this about me, but since no, you asked... Um, just very quickly. Yeah, even recording this podcast is a good distraction. Okay. I'm actually happy. Yeah. But okay. of course, mm. as I'm looking at my notes on my phone, like, you know, and we turn off data and turn on airplane mode. Mm. So it won't interfere with the mics. Um, I actually was quite happy because I'm like, at least if I get no not- notifications, it's not that he's not texting. It's that yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe it's because, you know, <laughs> there's no connection. So it's fine. Right. Um, and that took power on your part to put it on airplane mode and not look at it all the time. It takes just a little thing of just agree, putting your phone agree. face down and agree, not checking yeah. it because you don't need to, to constantly look at it. And these little things, like you just talked about looking at your phone and you know that's giving you a bit of anxiety. All of us, we need to be aware of that. If you mm-hmm. feel like you're constantly checking social media all the time and you're checking it because you want to see if this person's watching your stories or whatever, you oh need to... God. Oh my God. You need to immediately... Catch yourself and be like, this is not healthy for me. Yeah. I don't care about this person and what they're going through. This is not healthy for you. So yeah. you need to just go off for a while. So you need to catch yourself because this will eat away at your spirit. Ugh, it just... It's tough. It's, it's so it's hard. It's the yeah. circle of life. But, the fucking circle. Like, you know, circle you have, of life. That's why you have us girls to sit with you. That's why... <laughs> I know! I was looking forward to this. Like, oh. you know, I and in a way, I hate to say this, but like, you know, to put it in a great way is that, you know, I'm enjoying your company and that is a fact. Mm. Yeah. But to put it in 
to look at it on the flip side is that this is a distraction, a distraction. because yeah. anything else is not him you know what I mean mm. yeah 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 which yeah. is fucked up which is stupid but I'm, I, I, but I will, I'll get the, over it I'm gonna drink my the, iced lemon tea and I'll be fine but this is the importance of community and that's what we, we keep reminding everyone about this podcast and why it's important just to have friends yes. that you can just talk to and be like girl you're messy as hell yeah, but we yeah, love you yeah. right and that's right. why when you go through stuff and you learn don't just keep it to yourself share it yes yes and I'm gonna listen to your album thank you but you know I listened to a couple of songs I listened to you have this I went straight for that track with the cheem word um Thanatosis. Oh yeah, Thanatosis. Yes. Because I was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> yeah, that's a word of the day. Backstory. Yeah. 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 Thanatosis. Apparently, it's like the root word is the Greek word is death. Thanos. Like oh. Thanos. Yeah. Oh, right. Thanos. Yeah. It's like pretending you're dead, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. a Thanatosis is a defense mechanism that ants do, where they pretend that they're dead so that the prey moves on. Mm. Yeah. 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 Play dead. Why are you doing bits? No, they're predator. Sorry, they're predator. He's doing it again. It's a good post-breakup album. Yes. So you would recommend it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I would say listen to it, relive the good moments, and then realize that it wasn't perfect and it's not supposed to be perfect. Yeah. I'm curious, actually, from both of you, since you're both, you both Mm. write your own music and I know both of your music stems from heartbreak, but what are some other heartbreak songs that you would recommend to people who are going through a rough time like what was your inspiration you know because you had your own heartbreaks also when you didn't have your own songs to fall back on I want to jump in by just yeah, yeah, mentioning please. that there's so many different types of heartbreak songs yeah. and when you're actually going through is, heartbreak yeah. and you listen to a song about heartbreak suddenly that song comes to life in a way like no other yeah. like you can listen to an Adele someone like you over and over no problem but then sometimes you, you need the Dua Lipa and then sometimes you need mm. the Sufjan Stevens. Yeah. It's mm. different contexts, right? Because sometimes you don't want to be melting in your own like depression, right? Sometimes yeah. you need the, right. I don't need you anymore, right. bye. Mm. Sometimes you need a, this is a potential breakup oh, song. Oh gosh, Ali and AJ. Really? <laughs> it was my to... birthday. Yeah. My fucking birthday. <laughs> Do you guys hear the new version? And you're telling me you version, don't like drums and all that. And the new version uses the word fucking instead of stupid. Oh, finally. It was my birthday. My, my fucking birthday. birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that is a legendary song. Yeah. I must say. Yeah. Because you want the music to reflect what you're going through, right? And, yes. and when you're going through a breakup and you're healing, the word healing sounds so peaceful and calm. Mm. But the reality of it, it is messy. It is disgusting. It is ugly. It's like a scab. It's literally like a scab. Yes. And it's fucking itchy. And then you rip the scab. Mm. And then the scab bleeds again. And then you got to wait for it to heal. And then you pick at it again. And it just... I mean, it, to be honest, when I'm going through heartbreak, all I can think about is writing my own music. I like mm. that. I am the singer-songwriter. I am that person who's writing about heartbreak, right? So when I'm going through it, listening to somebody else's story is not going to help me mm. go through mine. Yeah. Recently, I've been listening to this artist called Madi Diaz. Have you heard her stuff? Yeah. And she has this album... Oh, I forgot the title of it, but there's a song called History of a Feeling. Ah, uh, History of a Feeling is self-explanatory. She's trapped in the history of a feeling. Mm. I remember I was reading a lot 
during that period mm. uh, of grief for me. And I was very fascinated by grief itself. So I, I was reading like Joan Didion wrote a book um, on grief itself and how she processed it and the science of grief and what it does to your body and, and like what parts of your brain actually gets triggered when you think of memories that make you feel intense emotion. So I, I started going into that zone of I want to understand mm. my feelings. Um, so I was listening to a lot of classical music, actually. Okay. Because as much as we have the Since You've Been Gone yeah, that yeah, you can yeah, belt yeah, out, yes. which is great. Love, love, and I yeah. did do the Google search on great breakup songs to yeah, listen yeah, yeah, to because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just looking for that itch. Do you throw yeah. his clothes out of the window also and smash his TV? Uh, I feel like, like Josh, she did in the MV. are you toxic? You're not toxic. Explain toxic. Like, are you are you destructive? Like, throw oh, the clothes and all that? I'm self-destructive. Oh, okay. I think that's what... And, yeah, and yeah. Like, I'm definitely self-destructive. There were definitely moments where I was angry. Yeah. I was very conscious of not being angry to this person. Because, okay, mm-hmm. so so just to, to meet you where you are, yeah. I had a very similar thing as well where it was long distance as well. Yeah. And and there was a period of time where we didn't speak to each other. Don't do long distance. And it was really tough. But then I got a text message, an apology a year later, which I never saw coming. And then my mind just went... I'm still waiting for that. <sighs> Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Continue, please. No, no, no. You, know, you don't need it. You don't need Damn. it. You really don't. And and because that's how I felt when that apology came. Yeah. Because I was waiting for that mm. conversation to be had the next day, the next mm. day, the next day, the next month, two months has passed, three months has passed. And then you find your own zone. And then that text message comes in. It resets everything. I went into full panic attack mode. I got off. I was on a bus. Yeah. I had to call my friend and be like, I don't know what to do. This yeah. is so I, I'm I'm seeing this person's profile pic. I have not seen this person's face in right. like a year. Right, right, right. So so you go into that headspace where it's just like you don't know what to do. But then you also realize that I was fine before this text message mm-hmm. came in, and that's very important. So whether or not this person says I'm sorry yeah. for all the things that he said to you, yeah. you are able to walk yourself back to life. You're able to yeah. stand up, yeah. and you are a different person from the day one of the breakup to where you are now. And you just have to trust the process. Yeah. So when I did get that text message, part of me was like, yeah. do you know what I've been going through? Right. This whole period of time where you were not there. But then even at that moment, I was like, whatever I say now in response to this text message is how I'll remember this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm not going to yeah, figure yeah. out why I'm not going to look for closure. I'm not going to, I'm just going to say, Thank you. I'm sorry for my yeah, except for my mistakes. I wish you well, and it was and it was that, and we've not talked since, mm-hmm. right? So I think I'm more worried about the self-destructive part of me right, rather right, than right. the destructive part, because I, I I I get very conscious about what I try to do to people. I think mm. in response to that. All right, so I have a question for Sam Joe because we've been listening to like what musicians do post breakup Sancho's also arguably a musician himself have you seen his karaoke nights he does (laughs) he does violent karaoke that's why he calls it it's on insta story violent karaoke he and his friends dress up they sashay down the hallway they jump on sofas <laughs> if you do not follow like Tom, yeah. so is that what you do post breakup if you do not follow Sometimes. Sam Joe on Instagram it's oh my god am I plugging my Instagram yes, now yes plug it you see for me it's so Sam weird Joe Exotic I love it Sam Joe Exotic okay and Lou you are on yeah I'm on everywhere at L-E-W-L-O-H Lulo okay I'm Joshua Simon XL <laughs> fuck off follow your favorite person from this podcast <laughs> oh my god how do you cope how do you cope with grief 
Actually, no one has asked me that question before, which is really interesting. <sighs> when people think of Sam Joe, they think smiling, jumping, mm. like all the promos on SG Boys. But you hurt and you feel that hurt <laughs> I as like well. That was a read. No, no, no. I'm just saying you're such a bubbly person. I think right, the right, assumption right. and the lazy assumption is that you're bubbly all the time. And I know just now you talked yeah. about how you, you crack jokes here and there to lighten the mood. Yeah. But how are you like when yeah. you have to face this? I know. I get dark also. I definitely do. Yeah, it reminds me of the Ashley Simpson song, Autobiography. <laughs> Got bruises on my heart and sometimes I get dark If you want my auto, want my autobiography Baby, just ask me That's how he quotes yeah, And it, it's not lip sunk <laughs> But yeah, I think I distract myself, mm. I will say I do keep up this like facade of like I'm always happy and everything I think that's just a product of me being a an extrovert are you a middle child no i'm the youngest okay yeah but he's so, a gemini i just want to put that out there yeah. oh okay i'm a gemini and a leo um, oh i'm a leo are you yeah right i'm a gemini sun but then leo moon, moon. okay but then my dark side as yeah, uh, not yeah. psychic reader as my personal tarot card like slash horoscope reader friend jensen always says <laughs> my scorpio rising i have a scorpio rising oh. flight so i do i do kind of like get really moody sometimes yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and i think do you believe in in horoscopes i kind of do like okay. i subscribe to most of it actual professional horoscope readers or even like numerologists like all this stuff i do think that the world is connected more than just organized religion you take what you need from it you take what you want from it yeah. and you just use it as a reflective tool like if you really don't believe in horoscopes and these like numerology or personality types all this stuff like just use it to reflect if it says like oh you are such a patient person and you're like i'm not patient then it did its job yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. you know because you're like because you became conscious yeah. about whether or not you're patient and i think yeah. whether or not you believe in star signs or say a religion like i i'm christian right I, I think it's important for us to be careful to not like when they say god created man in his image we need to not create god in our image so i'm relating that as an analogy to say you with the stars Another if the analogy. stars are real mm -hmm. why aren't the stars doing what i want them to do to my problems mm. which which are the most important problems in the entire world you should serve me and then when it doesn't serve me i blame the stars right. so i think that's very important that we don't mm. view horoscopes or, or personality traits as if you're real then you should serve me if god is real you should serve me and and let god do its thing let the stars do yeah. its thing let the earth spin mm. around its axis you know does it spin yeah, yeah it spins around the yes. axis and then it revolves around the no, sun it's like how do yeah. you how do i use this knowledge to my own advantage you know yeah. it's there and if you don't want to use it then you don't have to use it you yeah. know take it or leave it Mm -hmm. And if we weave it back to relationships and the last thing that you said, Samjo, about where you are when it comes to relationship dynamics, right? You really don't know until you're in a relationship. 
Mm. Yeah, and it keeps it's changing. Every it will time. keep depending changing. on who that person is. Yeah, and it should change. And right. you're also allowed to change your mind about yourself, about True. the world. Please, we all need to be comfortable with people changing their minds, just yeah. like how we hope some hom- homophobes can change their <laughs> minds. Yeah, you oh. know, um, and all of us. We should just give each other room to grow, to learn, to figure things out. Did Sandra and I think today that we're going to sit with Lou and talk about grief and talk about the stars and talk about treating ourselves better? Yeah. No. No. We, we thought we were going to promote your album, which we hopefully kind of did, did a little. We did. We talked yeah. about my album. Yeah, but this is... But a- we use the album as like a portal to discuss so- Yeah, yeah. No, because this is what, this is what music is about. Yes. Yeah. It stems from real life experiences Whenever you watch those like interviews of other artists and they talk about their album, like they only have like five minutes to talk about their album, right? Mm. So they can only give you the really nicely packaged version of why they wrote the album. Yeah. But this is how it's like, you know, the healing process is not linear, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the three people that you're listening to today have different coping mechanisms, different coping experiences. We've experienced love in different ways. So it's like, uh, hopefully this is interesting to listen to. Absolutely. Michigan Missing Him is available now on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you consume music. Uh, the artist is Lou that joined us today for the SG Boys podcast. It's an album. It's phenomenal, but it came from lyrics. The lyrics came from real life experiences, real people. Real and love letters. Stories. Yes. Essentially, all of us have stories so what's yours okay oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna go for something I'm really nice and delicate and yours. <laughs> i'm joshua simon i'm sam joe and we are the, the sg boys. boys that little gay podcast from singapore subscribe and find us on instagram at the sg boys the beliefs views and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion ethnic group organization company or individual